there, everyone. I'm Andrew Fulton, your host of the Rigway Podcast. This episode is going to be great. Today, we are talking with Rig Rope Access Partner and Senior Project Manager, Trevor Whitkey. Before we start wrapping with Trevor, we want to thank everyone for listening to episode three. We hope you enjoyed that conversation with Bob Goodwin, and I especially want to thank those that have subscribed to the podcast. To the contractors that are listening, Rig Rope Access is an IRATA operating and training company. IRATA is the Industrial Rope Access Trade Association, and I'm going to share with you IRATA's aims and objectives from their website. So here they are. To be the leading worldwide organization for rope access, promote and maintain high standards, safety, work quality, and working practices for the industrial rope access industry. Dedicated to improving best practices for individuals working in rope access. Promoting continual improvement in the education and training aspects of rope access and increasing awareness of the advantages of rope access over alternative access methods. So there you have it. Those are the aims and objectives. And those are why RIG is an IRATA operations and IRATA training company. IRATA is the highest standard in the rope access industry, and that is definitely the RIG way. All right, Trevor, thanks for doing this, bud. We appreciate you joining us on the podcast this afternoon. We know you're slammed right now with your responsibilities as a senior project manager. So, you know, your time's important. Thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. I am happy to be talking with you, Andrew. So, Trevor, tell our listeners about what you do at RIG as a senior project manager. Well, I do uh, a few things. Um, I... Sometimes spend a lot of time in the harness getting projects done. Uh, this year, I've taken on a lot of bridge inspections, helping out uh, group engineers, just giving them rope access support. Um, other times, I'm doing business development and going to trade shows and, and trying to find new work and new clients and, and keep existing clients happy. Um, then a little bit of marketing. Uh, and I kind of I tend to focus on wind industry and um, infrastructure for us. Yeah, you... Uh... <laughs> you got a lot going on there for sure. No doubt about it. A uh, little bit about bridge inspection. Tell us a little bit about that. What is uh, rope access support for bridge inspection involved? Um, well, so we have some, some friends with some big brains and they're engineers and they have to perform structural inspections of these bridges every two years in the States. Um, and so, you know, these are the things that, you know, the things that break, they're just making sure they don't break. And you know, it's uh, not an easy task by any means. And, you know, if you're climbing a rope, I think you're for all, for, for all of us that have done it, we know, you know, it can be pretty backbreaking at times. And so um, what we do with, uh, with in those situations is we're making sure they're getting around to the places they need to go um, safely, efficiently. Um, we're running safety for them um, and basically just kind of looking out for them and being somewhat of an industrial guide, so to say. All right. That's awesome. So what types of engineers are these guys? Uh, they're structural engineers. So they have a professional engineering degree from a university. And how long does that typically take these guys to get a degree like that if they want to become a structural engineer? You know, I'm not all that familiar with the process, but I think it goes through bachelor's degree. And then I know you have to become an EIT. So that's an engineering training. Um, and I think that's probably a few, year, a few year long process. And then you apply to the state. And I think it's uh, a pass fail test. So maybe a little bit similar in regards to what we do, but um, not all that familiar with the process. But that, that's, that's maybe why I never did it. These guys are uh, a little smarter than I am. <laughs> 
Well, uh, I know that they're glad to have our teams out there that you're uh, going out and spearheading these projects for them on these bridges so they can just get them done quicker, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's fun. We have a good time out there. It's we've been working with some good groups and, and uh, you know, it's just it's you get down to business, but it's, it's just kind of lighthearted fun. Uh, you know, it's a good challenge. I'm kind of one of those people. I need a, a certain amount of physicality in my life to, to keep my sanity. And so um, I like that stuff. And I, I think the, the engineers, they do as well. And uh, just a, a pro group. And like I said, it's 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 fun. All right. That's cool. So bridge inspection is a key component in rope access and we do a lot of that at rig um my next question is going to be how did you get involved in rope access how did this come about um yeah it's kind of weird you know growing up in southeast kansas uh there's not a lot of mountains around and so i'm kind of you know one of the i'm a little different than a lot of people you meet in in rope access because a lot come from kind of a mountaineering background uh you know it's a lot of just mountain climbers that kind of get into this um uh, but I was working with Cirque du Soleil, um, and so Cirque, basically, they had us trained in rope access just to learn how to get around the theater and, uh, you know, skip to all the hard-to-reach places. And so I uh, did my level one in Barcelona, which was pretty exciting. Um, wow. Whenever I was, uh, I joined a show called Corteo, and on that on that rigging crew, um, there were two Irata threes on the crew. Uh, one was out of the UK, one was out of Italy, and... You know, I was I I was new at the time, and so I saw these guys, and you know, for, it was kind of like seeing you know my favorite baseball player for the first time. It's just like, man, I want to be like them. And so cool. you know, I just spent my time on Corteo, just kind of chasing these guys around, learning everything I could, and um, it was you know somewhat of like rigging university. Well, that's amazing. And so you guys were over there in Spain, and how did it come about that you? were able to get into a course over there in Barcelona while you were working. Did Cirque pay for this? No, what was kind of cool about it, Cirque would have a, you know, a, basically a custom rope access course for us where, you know, we get the training, but we wouldn't get the the, the certificate, um, which is, you know, it's great for them, meets their model. Um, but the, the rigging crew, um, we all just kind of wanted to get it. And so Melchior Bruneau, the head rigger, he kind of, you know, just took a survey, said, Hey, do you guys want to go find a, you know, rope access training center around here? And we just happened to be in Barcelona at the time. Um, and, and, you know, we went, we all paid out of pocket to get our level ones and, uh, well, I wasn't, not everybody's in level one, but anyway, um, yeah. And so we made a good relationship with them. You know, as you can imagine, working with Cirque, you know, we brought the trainers backstage and they were pretty excited about things and, you know, I get the full tour and all that. And so, uh, you know, that's that's kind of how it came about. I remember I ended up getting I got real sick during my level one training and I ended up getting bronchitis and pneumonia. and I had to leave the class oh, uh, halfway through the week. And then I remember like a month later, I had to go back and finish. But I, I think I was having maybe a little too much, uh, too much of the Spanish nightlife because those people like to stay up late. <laughs> <laughs> all right but working on ropes appealed to you huh you enjoyed it yeah absolutely you know it's kind of like i mentioned earlier i you know i need a certain amount of physicality in my life and and you know i, I was into sports growing up you know played a lot of baseball a lot of basketball and just you know out and about with buddies running around and so you know i just kind of uh, you know i'm somewhat of an athletic guy i guess and i just kind of i like that uh, i like having that in my life you know getting up and moving and plus you know climbing ropes keeps you strong keeps you fit so it's it's a good thing sure does so you got enough hours as a level one with cert to do your level two where did you do your level two at uh, i did my level two in vegas wow. uh, i did it at uh did it at altius um, okay great that was back in maybe 20 uh, 2010 2011 something like that 2012 
So then kept going, getting hours uh, at Cirque. We were doing a fair amount of rope access. Um, I was involved with the, the creation of Michael Jackson one. So, you know, help build the theater and spent a lot of times on rope that way. And, and then I started kind of getting out around Las Vegas. And I'd get in on like window cleaning projects and this and that and racked up a few hours that way. And then uh, eventually got enough for my three and went for it. And it definitely changed life a whole lot. Oh, that's fantastic. And and then you've actually even done some instructing. Yeah, yeah, I've done a pretty fair amount of instructing as well. I uh, I, I had to recertify my level three a few years back, and um, I I came to rig, and I it was kind of one of those situations where I walked in to get recertified, and then I came out and I was an instructor. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, that worked out great for you, man. Um, oh, absolutely. Here's a standard question that I've been asking and pertaining to working on ropes what do you think are the best skills for the up-and-coming generation to have that don't want to take the traditional college route you know what would those skills be to complement a career in rope access you know as as the industry is growing you know more and more people are, are learning about rope access they're understanding the benefits of it and what it can do and where it can go and and you know it can take you to a, a multitude of different industries i mean you know look what we do andrew we're working but you know we're in oil and gas we're getting into wind we're in infrastructure we're building sports stadiums and arenas and so you know i think if you can kind of get some direction of, of which one of those is most appealing to you? I'd say, you know, build your skill set around that. You know, if you're looking to go to Alaska um, and do some offshore work, then, you know, learn how to weld, um, get some NDT inspection uh, tickets. You know, um, if you got a strong aptitude for wind energy, um, take a fiberglass course, you know. Um, so, you know, I think the thing people need to keep in mind is rope access is just kind of your ride to work. You know, you got to have some skill to deliver once you get there. I like that. Rope access is a ride to work because it's really what it is. It just gives us a way to get up there to do a task. So you heard that, friends. You know, Trevor is saying, saying what uh, Chad and Bob said too. Welding, NDT inspection, fiberglass repair. There's a whole slew of types of skills that have to be utilized for work at height. Not all the times, but the uh, more of those skills you have in your quiver, the more hireable you are, huh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, it's like I said, there's, you know, there's a, a whole wide variety of, of companies using, you know, rope access, you know, engineering firms, architecture firms, um, you know, U.S., uh, you know, there's government agencies using it. Um, you know, Bob was out on Hoover Dam uh, not too long ago um, teaching a rescue course, you know. Yeah, he was. And so it's. It's, you know, it, it's, it's becoming bigger and bigger and the things you can do with ropes are becoming more and more. And, you know, even things like arborism, that's, that's in the family. It's not rope access, but, you know, it's still in the family. And I know a lot sure. of rope technicians that, you know, when they're not doing rope access and working on rig projects, you know, they go cut down trees um, and, and get into that stuff. So it's all kind of the same family. So I'd say, you know, figure out kind of what you're interested in, what you're interested in and what you're good at and uh, just really go for it, you know, and triple down on it. There you go. Triple down. I love that. More than double down. <laughs> More than double down, man. <laughs> so what would be some simple advice, some helpful success strategies you'd give a young person starting out their career? Uh, it could be a career in anything, but specifically rope access. What, what are some things that they should do, habits that they should just develop early in life? You know, I think one of the best pieces of advice that were ever given to me was, 
win the easy points. Um, you know, it, it's you being on time. It, it's looking people in the eye when you shake their hands. Um, you know, it's going the extra mile, showing up ready to work, uh, being a good listener. Um, yeah. You know, and even more important things, it's like, you know, just taking care of yourself, you know, um, for what we're doing, it, you know, it's some kind of risky business. And, you know, for me, I don't necessarily want guys coming in hung over, you know, every day at work and that kind for of sure. stuff. And so, you know, rope access, especially depending what kind of environment you're in, you know, you really got to take care of yourself because you get out grinding, you know, say on a stadium for, you know, geez, what we were on Raider stadium for 13 months or something like that, you yeah. know, that's going to take its toll on you climbing like that. And so, you know, just the little things, just if you can win the easy points, you know, there, there there's room uh, for correction whenever you make a mistake, you know? Yeah, that's true. And those easy points, it's uh, easy to make the best of those, you know, like I'm a big proponent of showing up to work well rested. You know, yeah, somebody's paying for this. And so I've always told that to the guys is like, you know, we're billing you to the client. Or when I was young, I was told the same thing. Like somebody's paying for you. So show up, go the extra mile, take care of yourself, you know, just do things to represent yourself the right way. And man, you'll get called back to work the next day and then the next day and you'll keep working, won't you? <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, if you got the right attitude and, you know, you, you ask the right questions and you're paying attention, it's like, who's not going to want to work with you? You know, there's, you know, being on the bounce in Las Vegas, you know, you, you really meet those guys and you can see oh, why, yeah. you know, some guys stay busy and some guys don't, you know, yeah. there's people, you know, you gotta be easy to work with. And that, that's a huge thing. Oh. Um, you know, it's just being a team player and, and just kind of doing what's necessary. Even maybe you don't like it. Well, you know, somebody's got to do it. And, yeah. You know, if it's not, it'll be one of the guys at the top, no doubt. So it's, uh, that's, you know, leadership is a, another key ingredient. So whenever you're working with those guys that don't want to carry their weight, well, it's those guys that pick up the slack, those guys get noticed. Absolutely, they do. And, you know, being a team player is so important because, you know, we all got to be on a team at some point. You know, even the guy who's in charge of the job is on the team. And I know plenty of people. I've seen them throughout my career. I struggled with it myself. Um, that hard, had a hard time at times being on a team. And, you know, sometimes you just have to dig deep because you got to pay your bills, right, at the end of the day. And those that play on the team the best are the ones that work the most. I've seen that. What do you oh, yeah, think absolutely. the future of rope access is in this country? Man, it's growing. Um, you know, there's all kinds of, of new things happening, you know, with offshore wind coming. Um, you know, there's going to be jobs that involve rope access that don't even exist at this moment, you know, I being created. And yeah, so, sure. you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity. You know, the wind industry alone, it's growing so fast. I think there's something like you know, I'm probably off by a little bit, but there's around 70,000 turbines spinning right now. And how many, you know, that, about 70,000 in North wow. America spinning right now. And so, uh, you know, that's a lot of fiberglass floating around up there. So, you know, that they're not slowing down much. Um, but, you know, like I said, there's all kinds of other things to do. It's um, man, it's, I don't know. I think <laughs> the future rope access is bright to answer your question. Well, I love that. And so you heard that friends, you know, Trevor right there just gave you lots of great wisdom, says that there's a future of rope access that is can be counted on in this country, jobs that haven't even been invented yet. So, you know, for those that are looking for an adventurous uh, career path, 
rope access is a is a great uh, great route to take. All right, so we're going to take a little break here, and then we're going to get into our next little section we love to talk about, which is entrepreneurship. All right, everyone. So we're back and continuing this fun conversation with Trevor, and he has an entrepreneur streak in him, and. We're going to ask him why he likes being an entrepreneur and the pros and the cons. So Trevor, tell us all about going into business. Oh man, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of pros and cons, you know, to, to entrepreneurship for sure. It's, um, you know, the good things is, you know, autonomy. Um, you have a lot more say over your time. Um, your earnings potential is different um you know it, it, it's there it can do a lot of things for you you know it can move you through social classes quickly you know <laughs> sure. um you know i mean you can go from like middle class to upper class you know after a handful of years in business if you're running yep. it right you know what i mean and yep. so you know those are some of the big easy pros you know some of the cons you know if you like riding roller coasters it's definitely that um <laughs> for you <know>. sure <laughs> it's for got sure. its ups and downs and you know when times are good you're like oh yeah this is the best decision ever uh but when times are are tough you're like man what am i doing uh you know ready to pull your hair out and you're stressed through the roof and 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 you know it, it's um it just you got to take a lot of responsibility and you know you got to have a lot of uh a lot of discipline to you know yeah really keep going be self-driven you know you got to kind of keep your eye on the prize and probably not get too caught up with the little things i guess um, you got to be in it for the long haul huh yeah you know i think you know having a strong vision and having you know the discipline and commitment to to kind of fulfilling that you know um that's key because you know it's real easy a lot of businesses you know they fold after you know a year or two or three four or five years and you know, and um, it's not easy to make in a business. And so you really, you find out what you're made of, you know, it, it, it's, you definitely, you know, it's kind of a gut check at a lot of times and um, other times it's, you know, million percent worth it. So. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about the company you started. Well, um, I mentioned earlier, I, I came and did my recertification with you guys, and, and then I started helping out with training, and you guys were, I think, maybe a year or two old at the time. This was like, you know, 2016, 2017, something like that. Yeah. And so, you know, you guys weren't quite busy enough yet to, to keep me started or to keep me busy, and so I thought, well, I got to do something, and so, yeah. you know, I had a few kind of contacts already. Um, I'd been out on my own freelancing just a little bit, and then... Uh, I, you know, I did, I just knew I kind of wanted to go for it. And I really had no idea what I was doing. I had, you know, no formal business training as, you know, myself and my wife and, uh, you know, she supported me and I, it, without that support, I definitely wouldn't have attempted it even. Uh, but, um, yeah, I started up, I think in 2017 and, um, just taking on rope projects. I was basically, you know, working self-employed. So I'd find a project and then I'd, you know, find a couple of buddies to go with me and we'd go knock it out and move on to the next one. Um, but that was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a good ride. It was a lot of fun while it lasted. That's for sure. I love it. So when a person's thinking about starting their own business, it's obviously important to have a niche and develop the ability to foresee upcoming opportunities, correct? Yeah, for sure. Opportunity. You know, what I'm finding, I used to think it was hard to find, but now I'm, I'm 
once you, I don't know, it's sort of like getting in an escalator. You just kind of keep on going up and it's like, man, there's really opportunity, you know, all over the place and constantly because it's, you know, things are always changing. Things are always developing and things are always moving for sure. And if you can kind of keep a pulse on the, the industry and, and know where kind of things are headed and, you know, know a few right, of the right people that really got a pulse on the industry, then, uh, you know, you can kind of jump on things, you know, at the right time and take advantage of those good opportunities. When opportunities come along, you know, what, what are some things a person has to do to set themselves up to capitalize on those opportunities? Because, you know, we definitely saw at rig as we moved along and were in business longer and more opportunities came our way. Sometimes there were opportunities we weren't set up for yet. So talk us through, you know, that process. Yeah, you know, I think even maybe before you like getting the, the nuts of the bolts of, of like the project management stuff, for me, the, the biggest change came in perspective, um, mm. you know, going from, you know, being an employee, you know, of a company like Cirque du Soleil and then going out on my own to where I was operating as a self-employed, you know, and then, you know, eventually moving up to, to you know, business owner, you know, those are three different lines of thoughts, you know, the employees kind of thing, well, like it's work and, you know, I got to torque this to 200 Newton meters and I got to do all this and that. And so, you know, as you kind of make your way up, then, you know, the, the, the entrepreneur is thinking more, all right, well, what's the team look like? You know, it comes into yeah. more like building, building the team, you know, sure. and, and that's kind of, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest things. And, you know, we've been going through it with a few projects we got working on is just building the right teams to put in the right place to, to really execute this. And so, you know, for me, I think that's, that's probably the biggest thing. It's like putting together yourself on a good team. Um, if you can put together a good team to tackle opportunities and you can trust that team to, to work and do the right things and get it done. then man, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it sure is a beautiful thing. So Basically, what you were just talking about there is relationships. So tell us a little bit about developing relationships for the future, how important they are. And you, the relationships you develop in your business, you brought them over to rig, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's, I think, you know, coming out of, of COVID, you know, we're, you know, we all kind of were kept apart and, and you know, that broke a lot of, uh, a lot of social bonds, I think, you know, um, and business was done, you know, online and virtual and this and that. And, you know, now the world's kind of getting back into it, and, you know, and, you know, we're, you know, you and I, we've been going to conferences this year and it's like, you know, I find it far more um, important to be able to shake somebody's hand and, and look them in the eye and converse with them, and, you know, um, and it's far easier to connect with people that way. Um, and so, you know, the, the relationship's a key part of it. And I think, you know, the relationship, you know, taking the time to, to really get to know somebody, you know, it's, you know, it depends on what your motives are, right? But you can make a lot of good friends um, with business. You know, there's a, a lot of just buddies I've made just working together, you know? Yeah, it's uh, totally true and easy for you because you just got a great personality and people just naturally like you. So uh, I, that's why I love having you at Rig. That's for sure because you're just so um, you're a people person. And that being said, when we're developing these relationships, you know, that turn into friendships and turn into long-term uh, business relationships, uh, 
trust and integrity are definitely the key to building and maintaining and keeping those relationships over time. Is that something you would agree with? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you got to do what you say you're going to do. And, 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 you know, there's a, you know, we've talked about it before, you know, with, with business development, you know, we're trying to first create awareness, then we're trying to build trust, you know, like we need people to trust us and trust our brand that, you know, to know that we, it's, we got the best in the game and then they're going to get it done the right way, you know? Yeah, no doubt about it. It's uh, they have to know that we can be counted on and that we're going to execute. That's what it's all about. Share a quick business, share a quick story with the listeners where you overcome some fun business challenge that was daunting and not fun when you were in it, but when you look back at it, you're like, that was kind of fun. You have any stories like that? Um, you know, I, I got, yeah, for sure. I could think of a few, I think what might be more fun, you know, one where I couldn't pull it off, you know, where, oh, okay. where I took that, man, I took that risk and I swung and missed. And it's kind of how I ended up, uh, um, with you guys though. But, you know, I, um, okay. you know, that, that old saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I started up my company we mentioned and um, ended up getting a big contract with a wind company. And it's kind of one of those things went really fast and, and took on the project. And, and, you know, it's one of those things, uh, you know, that there is going into tough conditions. Um, You know, it was like in Minnesota going in from fall to winter. And I remember we got there right as that seasonal change was happening. And, you know, (laughs) we were there for a month. Um, before we even were able to get on ropes just because of high winds and bad weather and this and that and you know part delays and all this and and so you know but going into that contract you know I knew I knew you know it was an opportunity right and it's like uh, you know for me and, and I guess that's the entrepreneurial side it's like I'm, I'm willing to taste, take the risk of opportunity you know yeah. um, it doesn't it doesn't scare me too much um, and so saw an opportunity said, all right, I'm going to take a hack at it. And yeah, we couldn't deliver the project. And, uh, you know, part of it came down to, you know, financials, I guess. And, um, part of it came down because, you know, it's like, we didn't know how long we were going to be there before we could get it done. And, um, you know, it was going to be a long time And, and mom and pops, you know, it was, uh, it was tough. And so, that I learned a lot from that. I learned, um, a whole lot from that. I mean, that was, uh, you know, extremely stressful for a lot of reasons. You know, we, we put a lot of money into that project and, you know, led to a lot of the stress around the house. And, and then I just started realizing, you know, I started thinking about, you know, it's like what I said a few minutes ago, if you want to go fast, go alone, if you go far to go together. And so I thought, man, I got to get myself on a team. And yeah. so that's when I called you guys. I said, you know, I've been able to achieve a few things and, and get some stuff done, but like, I can't do this alone. Like I have to be on a team and I want to be on a good team. So I called you. <laughs> ah, it was great. I was so happy when I heard that you called is I was like, man, because, you know, uh, we loved it when you were around before and, you know, we're bummed when you left. And it was just, it was a great surprise when Bob said, who, guess who called? I said, who? He says, Whipkey. I'm like, wow, cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, we've been, you, you've been a great addition to the company. That is no doubt about it. And really appreciate you sharing that story because it is people need to know that, you know, we go out there and we do struggle. And sometimes, you know, we, we swing for the fences and we miss and that's just part of it. And you got to just keep going and persevere and, and learn from those. And so what other little bits of wisdom would you share with our listeners who are considering starting their own 
endeavor in construction or rope access or rigging? Um, you know, build a team. That's a that's team. the best advice I can give. You know, figure out kind of yep. where your position is in the business model and and build a team. Don't try to go it alone. You know, there's some businesses maybe you go that way, but it, you know, I think if you're if you're really trying to accomplish something and really go for something big, you know, you, you just gotta build a team and, and carry your weight and trust that your team is gonna do the same. You know. Yeah, I I am a big believer in developing a great team and. And taking care of everybody, making sure that everybody feels like, uh, you know, that their efforts that they're putting in are are being uh, recognized and that, that it's worth it to them. So to wrap yeah, up this little last, this section of the podcast, tell everybody, you know, what you're working on right now. I know you talked a little bit about wind earlier and some bridge inspection, but you have anything that you're really super stoked for right now? Um yeah there's uh there's a few projects coming up uh, lately it's it's been wind energy world because we, we have a, a good sized project coming uh coming there and uh but can we tell them about the the zip line is that <laughs> should we put that out oh, there yet or no oh we'll keep that one under the wraps too far gone yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah but yeah. <laughs> we're, we're we're working on the rig zip line everybody it's gonna be great <laughs> be a lot See of fun happens. so yeah you uh, i mean you you got a lot of irons in the fire you know, every day you're, you're hitting several different industries and, you know, that's what it's all about and building rigs reputation out there. And you're doing a great job. We definitely appreciate it. That's for sure. Well, that's, yeah, it's fun. I, you know, I really enjoy the the role I'm in and, and the, the team I work with, you know, you guys, it's, you know, cause it, you know, I mentioned that we, I had that failure, I wouldn't say a failure, but um, you know, Minnesota didn't go so great. And so I just, you know, remember sitting at some nights, it's like, Oh man, this sucks. You know, it's like, yeah. How's it going to work out? And then, you know, here, you know, as, as it always does, time goes on and you know, uh, life is pretty damn good. So yeah, <laughs> we're all in a good place kicking butt right now. And yeah. that was awesome. And I know that our listeners that have that entrepreneurial fire in them, they appreciate all this advice, no doubt about it. And up, up uh, next folks, we're going to hear about Trevor's classic adventure of running away with the circus. He's actually one of those people who did that and how he learned to become a theatrical rigger. So it's going to be a really fun adventure story right there. Before we dive into the last part of the podcast, where we hear some of Trevor's fun stories about rigging on the road with Cirque du Soleil, we're going to give a shout out to our incredible partner in all things rope access equipment, that being Petzl. Rig Rope Access is a Petzl technical partner, and we're honored to be so. And I'm going to read from you the Petzl webs from the Petzl website what it takes to be one of their technical partners and the associated benefits. So here you go. A Petzl technical partner is a recognized expert company or individual in a vertical environment that demonstrates a thorough understanding of their respective industry, contributes to the development of best practices, and meaningfully integrates Petzl into their system and curriculum. In return for this promotional support, Petzl endeavors to share our information, our products, our time, and our resources to ensure mutual success and sustainable growth. That right there, friends, is why Rig Rope Access is a Petzl technical partner. Petzl is such a fantastic company to be aligned with. Rig loves Petzl. Well, here we are, adventure time. Trevor, at the top of the episode, you shared with us that all of this started for you with one of the most famous live entertainment companies in the world, 
Cirque de Soleil. Tell us how this adventurous start to your rigging and rope access career came about. Um, you know, there's a, I guess as, as the story goes, I was uh, going to college um, here in Lawrence, Kansas at KU, and, and I was downtown with some friends one day, and we said, hey, let's go see the psychic. And yeah, I don't know how much of this is like, I don't know, it all seems weird. But anyway, we go see the psychic, and she kind of tells me all this stuff that didn't happen, and then she tells me, few things that did and it got real spooky she said uh you're gonna have uh, uncle offer you a job uh you'll move west at the end of the year and you're gonna have a career change and it's gonna be very rewarding and so i remember about like month and a half later um uh, my uncle in vegas who was the um, operations manager at oh at the bellagio um he sends an email in saying hey would you like an internship with Cirque du Soleil and wow thought, oh, this is spooky man oh, <laughs> and man. so that was spooky and so um you know in my mind you know i kind of i kind of put the connection together because the first thing i thought of was psychic right and so then i sat there for a minute and i thought well what do i say to this like you know this lady just told me about it so i'm like i better say yes and so um i went for it and uh moved out to vegas in december kind of tied in line with when she said and then uh, i did an internship uh at O. Um, in the carpentry automation and rigging departments um, did a month a piece and uh, and then shortly after the internship ended um, I was hired as a rigger at Viva Elvis uh, at the Aria back in the day and wow um, that's kind of yeah that's kind of how I got into it it's really you know I don't know how much of it was luck or you know if the psychic was right or whatever but you know just it it, it seemed like a um, a good idea. And so I dropped out of college and joined the circus. That is awesome. What an amazing introduction to the entertainment industry with one of the great companies in the business for sure. Man. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's um, Cirque du Soleil is a very unique company to work for, uh, for and with or however you want to put it. But I, I mean, I learned so many great things from them and i met so many great people and and uh you know some of them, actually a, a buddy i was in europe with uh he was messaging me on uh on social media the other day just seeing what's up and saying hey and so you know it's cool and he's a colombian fellow and he's a head rigger now so it's kind of you know it's cool to see him and i started rigging both about the same time so it's like you know we're kind of growing up together in the rigging world so to say and it's cool to see uh you know how those guys are doing that's awesome. You've met so many great people out there working for those guys. And I bet you've really developed many other uh, long-term friendships and relationships from that opportunity, huh? Yeah. You know, I met my wife at Cirque. Um, oh yeah, you did. I'd <laughs> say, so, yeah, probably like my most important relationship. Um, yeah. And yeah, we just had our ninth anniversary a couple months ah, ago. And Congratulations. 11 years now and three kids and wow. yeah no Cirque Cirque uh man that company uh, it it changed my life profess professionally and personally uh in a real short time it was just uh it's kind of a whirlwind of an experience you know I was with the company I guess for like five and a half or six years and then I do a little on-call work um when I was back in Vegas a few years back but uh, no I I look back very fondly on, on that experience and you know a lot of the people i met especially my wife uh so so yeah it definitely it definitely uh changed my life and well my my oldest girl she um i don't maybe i don't know a great way to say it but she she's a souvenir from switzerland you know ah i love it <laughs> that's great 
One of the things I love about Cirque is that they, they take their safety very seriously. They're really known for having very high standards and excellent QC, which is so important in rigging. When you were uh, working for them, did you do a lot of rigging inspection? Oh yeah, every day. It was um, every day the rigging's getting looked at around Cirque. And, you know, they're doing single point human rigging. You know, us in the, the rope access world, we got two points of contact, right? And yep. uh, Cirque. Cirque is everything that we tell people not to do in rope access. So it's a lot of dynamic forces, a lot of swinging, a lot of jumping around, a lot of free falling. And so, you know, these, these acrobatic apparatuses as whatever you want to say, uh, they take a beating, you know, these, they're getting a lot of forces applied to them um, day in and day out. And so, you know, Cirque, they do a fantastic job of, of you know, keeping an eye on everything. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And, I wish I could say in my entertainment rigging career that I would have worked for Cirque. Of course I could have, but I was always doing other things. And I know I would have learned a ton and I would have been an even better and safer rigger than I am now. And, but uh, yeah, I, I, you're lucky that you had that opportunity for sure. Yeah, I mean, well, I think, um, you know, for about five years in a row, I was getting, uh, you know, Cirque du Soleil had Ropeworks come in and, and, and do training with us. So it's like, you know, and then they have Gravitech come in to do fall protection training. And then they had a, you know, a good in-house health and safety program. And so, you know, I learned a ton about, you know, fall protection rope access just from Cirque du Soleil. That's awesome. Can you tell us about a, a Cirque project that still stands out in your mind that you were stoked to be a part of? Um, I think probably the most exciting one was the Corteo and that was uh, the touring show. And, you know, it was under the big top. It was, uh, you know, the full circus tent. And, you know, we just show up at a parking lot and it was like a, a 40 ton truss bridge we would build. And um, wow. at the time I was weighing over my head. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should have been there, but I, man, I, those guys, they were really good teachers and I, uh, I very happy for that. But um yeah, that, that was a fun one just because, you know, I was learning so much about everything at the time, you know, not only get to travel Europe and get to go all these cool places and meet all these great people, but, you know, just the the show itself was really um, rigging intensive, you know, uh, the, the Q tracks. I remember at the end of the show, just every day you come out just a little sweaty and even a little beat up sometimes, um, yeah. really physical stuff and you know, a lot of heavy lifting, you know, Corteo was kind of one of those shows where, you know, you might've needed three people. Well, you're going to do it with two, you know, I remember, <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. Nuno Cardozo, he, he's, a uh, he's one of the best riggers I ever met, but he, he, I remember right before I left, he looks at me, he goes, Trevor, you arrived a, a boy and you left a man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, you know, I think that one, that was, that was a good one for me just cause you know, that was just, that was probably like, you know, the most, uh, I don't know, valuable experience in my life, I guess, you know, oh, a, what a great compliment. And, you know, I mean, think of how much you learned, you learned a ton and it set up your foundation for your rope access career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, cause you know, I got back to Vegas and, and Noemi and I, we started, you know, having children. Um, we didn't want to be working show business anymore working at nights. Cause you know, once the kids started school and all that stuff, we wouldn't ever see them. And so that's when I started really looking at rope access as like, you know, a viable business that I could use to, to, you know, get to where I wanted to be in life. And so that's kind of, you know, that's another re big reason of, that prompted me to start up a, a business. It's just, you know, I wanted to improve my family situation, you know? Yeah, no doubt about it. it entertainment industry is a hard life when you have a family, you know, especially if yeah. you're doing shows. 
It's, oh, man, uh, well, you did it for a long time, man. You know how it is. Like you're somebody's oh, yeah. beck and call, and you're working strange hours, and yeah. you know, tough, uh, tough way to to raise a family. Would you ever consider going back to work for Cirque if they called you up and gave you? It was a great gig, and the money was right. Would you ever do something like that again? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I suppose if it was absolutely right, but I don't know what that would look like, I guess. And so, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know, but no, it was a, a great experience, uh, working with them. And, and I would say I'd recommend it for most anybody who wants to, you know, get a good education on rigging and ropes and just even just, you know, watching what those athletes do every night, just the human performance of it. it's like, they do incredible things that, uh, you know, I would never even, attempt well um my one last question is on that along that same vein being that rope acts being that in rope access we do a lot of rigging do you recommend to young rope access techs that are starting their career careers out to get as much variety and experience as they can doing different types of work at height such as working for cert like they were just looking for work out there and they weren't doing rope access right now and saw Cirque was hiring. Is that a good, a good thing for them to do? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, absolutely. Know, absolutely. It's, um, like I said, Cirque for me, you know, I just, I learned so much. It, it, like I said, it was rigging university and, um, you know, you get taught the right way there. Um, and so I'd say, you know, if you're looking at any company, you know, especially when you're working at height, cause if you're trying to just find anybody to go work for, be careful because there's a lot of cowboys out there and you'll get put in a really bad situation real quick. And, yeah. um, you know, if you don't know when to walk away, then you could lead to problems for you. But, you for know, sure. a company like Cirque, you know, they're not going to put anybody in harm's way. Well, I mean, given what they're doing, right. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. crazy stuff, but that's uh, yeah. no, all safe. It's like, uh, you know, it, it's, they got a good, uh, great record. And so, you know, I'm just, you know, uh, look for the companies that, you know, tend to follow the highest standards. I'd say that'd be uh, my best bet because, you know, rope access is relatively new in the States and, and, you know, for, you know, guys like you and me, it's like, Hey, just tell me what, you know, parameters I got to play in. I got to do this, 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 and this. And it's like, all right, we can do that. And everybody's happy, you know? Um, and so it just keeps our program operating pretty good, and, you know? Um, yeah. So much truth in all of that. And, I think that is, uh, you know, if you're going to choose kind of the alternative working career path, I, I'm a big believer in going out there and getting as much experience and versatility as possible. Eventually, at some point, it's always good to kind of settle down and get yourself on a focus. But when you're young, you know, as many different things as you can do and build experience as you can, it's, it'll, it'll serve you well as, uh, as you get older, for sure. Well, Trevor, I thank you so much for uh, joining us today on the Rigway podcast. Your experience and insight into all things rope access, business, and entertainment rigging is just the best. And we know all of our listeners love this content today. So thanks for joining us, buddy. Oh, I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun, Andrew. All right. So, friends, it's time to sign off. Thank you so much for listening to the Rigway podcast. As mentioned earlier, our goal is to educate, inspire, and entertain you for a few minutes of your day. And remember this, as always, when you're doing things the rig way, you're doing things the right way.